Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. He is Dylan. I'm Sean. This is the Drop Zone, and we don't have a lot of professional golf to talk about. PGA Tour had an off week. The European Tour had an on week. Even though a PGA Tour player won the tournament, Billy Horschel wins the BMW PGA. We got two Ryder Cup teams filled out the Euros. They they added three wild card picks to captain's picks, whatever you want to call them. Padraig Harrington selected the old guard. In addition to Shane Lauer, he selected Sergio Garcia and Ian Poulter. Justin Rose on the outside looking in. Dylan, uh, before we jump into what we're really going to talk about today, tell me, is Padraig right, wrong, uh, middle ground? What, what did he do uh, with these picks? Uh, well, first of all, Sean, I hope you enjoyed your PGA Tour off week because that was actually the off season. That was the whole deal. So <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I hope you feel rested up. Um, yeah, as far as as far as Padraig Harrington, there will come a day when this recipe doesn't work, where taking some combination mm. of you know British forty three year olds is no longer optimal strategy. But we're not at that point yet. Not today. <laughs> not today is not this day. Um, so yeah, he did the right thing. He did the right thing. Justin Rose has been playing a little bit better. They probably could have, you know, happily had him on the team. Um, you know, I, I don't know if if Bernd Wiesberger could feel tangibly that most of Team Europe was rooting against him, but you know, hopefully not. <laughs> is that true, or is that some just like kind of weird thing? Because when you follow golf Twitter, it sounds yeah. like everyone was against Bern Wiesberger being on the team. Why? Why? Why would that be? The guy is clearly good enough to be in the discussion does justin rose yeah. need to be on this team that badly i think it's because they want to they just like getting the band back together they really they really just like that main squad and they want they're sort of starting with the team and then hoping that the team fits into this the point system you know yeah but you know what's going to work out the fact that burn Wiesberger will not play the first the first uh, set of matches guarantee mm -hmm. it right now. He will not be out there. He just won't be. And that's okay. Like, remember there are 12 people on these teams and eight of them play at any given moment. And there's a lot of jockeying for, okay, you need to get ready for the afternoon. Like people forget that Chris Wood, who automatically qualified for the, the Hazel teen European Ryder cup team, 2016, he played, Two matches the entire Ryder Cup. He did not play on Friday at all. He played Saturday morning, and he played the Sunday singles. And the Europeans, like, main horses are really, really good. And I think this is actually kind of a, a good thing for them is they don't have to rely on getting all 12 guys out there for two matches mm -hmm. before the Sunday singles. I've argued this with you that the American team sometimes has too many good players. You feel like you got to get them out there. It's it's completely fine if someone doesn't play for an entire day. I know that's a little bit of an ego hit, but it is what it is. Like you can practice, you can get your game ready for Saturday. Maybe play twice on Saturday. So it, it's ultimately it's fine. Yeah, I think that that is a it, that's a tricky thing when it comes to management. And you know, I've talked on this podcast about the whole captain thing and how it just seems vastly overrated to me. But that is where stuff does matter. I think managing your egos, being willing to sit people down. Um, I think we saw that with the U.S. Solheim Cup team. There was 
a little bit of a sense of having to spread the wealth and make it all equal, I think, with Team USA, when maybe they could have ridden their horses a little bit more. There's always going to be second guessing. It doesn't matter. What captains need mm-hmm. to do is keep people comfortable. If it's going to make Bern Wiesberger comfortable that he plays once on Friday, then you got to send him out once on Friday. If it will be more comfortable to say, hey, Bern, like, we kind of need you to play really well Saturday morning. Get ready for that. He'll be fine. You need to make sure people are comfortable. They are overrated as captains, but ultimately they got a job and they got to make people comfortable. So it's not a, I make it sound easier than it, than it probably truly is. But at the end of the day, Bern Wiesberger probably feels like he's going to sit that first session. It is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Look, um, he, he knows where he sits on the totem pole there. So I guess would, do you have any issue with the European team's captain's picks? Would you? Is there anyone that all. you're sad to see left at home? Well, I'm definitely sad that Justin Rose isn't involved because he's, I mean, he's kind of been a bit of a Ryder Cup legend. Mm-hmm. Him and Henrik Stenson formed one of the best pairs that the Ryder Cup has really seen over the last 15 to 20 years. So, yeah, that's a little sad, but ultimately, play better. We say it every year. Play better. Um, play and fuck, I mean, Ian Poulter is going to be bring all the energy. Sergio's like rounding into really good form. This European team, I wrote it in Tour Confidential. I think they're as deep as they have been since maybe the, the Medina Ryder Cup in 2012. And that team mm-hmm. only comes back on Sunday because of how deep they were. Because of Poulter winning his match and all these other guys, Martin Keimer winning his match. A deep team is a dangerous team. It doesn't matter if you're losing going into Sunday. So uh, it's it's shaping up to be really special. We'll preview it a lot in uh, about seven days from now when we're actually up in Wisconsin at Wishling Strakes. Um, before we jump forward into NFL quarterback comps, <laughs> Dylan, this um, this this will have to s- suffice as a bit of a you know a mid table ad read um speaking of whistling straights we are hosting an event at a brewery up in sheboygan it's called three sheeps brewing company um we're gonna be there throughout the week we're gonna have the subpar guys colton drew there throughout the week i'm sure a lot of people listen to that podcast go to three sheeps brewing uh, i think basically every every night of the competition including thursday night we will have a bunch of TVs set up we're gonna have true spec golf set up with its own like hitting bay we're gonna have chippo and perfect practice and a bunch of things for for golf fans who are watching who are, who are set to watch the Ryder Cup on TV we're gonna have a bunch of stuff there waiting for you um, so if you're in Wisconsin if you have Sunday tickets and you show up on Saturday if you have Saturday tickets and you're hanging around on Sunday go watch with us at three sheeps brewing all right NFL quarterback comps to PGA Tour players this is a segment I think we've done in the past we're devoting an entire episode to it why? Because as we said, there was no PGA Tour this past week and there were basically was no offseason. So Dylan and I have come up with a bunch of quarterback comps to PGA Tour players. Uh, I don't know what he's written out. He doesn't know what I've written out. But uh, hopefully we have some things we agree on and some things we disagree on and we're just going to run with it. The one thing that I think I have to say up front is that we mean... No harm to the egos of either the quarterbacks or the PGA Tour players in these comparisons that follow. 
Um, Not yet. We, we do don't. Mean, Who knows what's going to be said yeah. between now and then? <laughs> what we do mean um, is to start a discussion, and w- which means we are okay with hearing about your comps. You need to tweet them at us. If you have our cell phones, <laughs> text them to us. Uh, been getting a lot of text messages about the drop zone lately, which we love. So keep it up, folks. Let us know what you think. Dylan, can you give me your first quarterback PGA Tour comp, and we'll see if I agree with it? Yeah, yeah. I want to start with um, with one that I'm not like I'm not confident that I've 100% nailed, but Patrick Mahomes and Colin Morikawa. Mm. <laughs> and let me take you through the reasoning here. Basically, you know, we've got two young studs that seem to basically have life handled on and off the course. There's a, a fair amount of balance there. There's a real sense that neither guy is going to say the wrong thing. Mahomes definitely seems like he's having a little bit more fun than Morikawa, but they've both found success really early on, and they both have the ability to really do something that do something better than everyone else in their respective field can do. Morikawa, mm-hmm. it's his iron play. Mahomes, it's just his ability to get on the run, throw on the run, escape, and then just pull off these like seventy-yard bombs out of nowhere. So that's where I want to start. Good comp, bad comp. Okay. I think it's a fine comp. I don't think it's the right comp for Mahomes. I think for Mahomes, it's a little more obvious. Um, you, you know, you're not totally wrong. You got two Adidas guys. You've spent time around both of them. I guess I was maybe your wingman for, for those interactions too. Like their demeanor is very similar, but I think the proper Mahomes comp is, it's obvious. It's the number one player in the world. It's John Rahm. I mean, uh, I think when I, when, I, when I look at these guys, I think they're both so good that even when they're not so good, like their level, their floor um, is still better than almost everyone else in the world. They do it in different ways. It's not like Mahomes is only just like, 50, you know, games with 50 attempts. He'll, I guess maybe this is more of a thing about the Chiefs, but the Chiefs can beat you in all kinds of different ways. And Mahomes is kind of like the center of the wheel in all those ways. It feels like when Rom buried two bombs at Torrey Pines to come from behind and win the U.S. Open, Mahomes, that guy, it kind of would feel like a Mahomes like 50-yard touchdown pass, kind of like he threw to Tyreek Hill yesterday. It feels like they win in different ways. They're both, every single season, going to be like MVP candidates from day one. Mm-hmm. They probably both should have more titles than they currently have. Mm. I think you can make that argument for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact that he'll probably win, you know, this year, John Rahm probably win a major in the next couple of years. Um, so am I more right than you are about Rahm being the Mahomes comp or are you more right than I am? Well, I mean, I, uh, it's hard to pick against myself, but yeah, yours, yours stands up pretty good. It's so easy for us to look at the world golf rankings and then to look at, the best football player probably QB in the world. power rankings, that's right. <laughs> yeah, just be like, well, these guys are the same. Uh, let's move on. Here's another one that I, similar to you, I'm not quite sure that I've nailed, but it was the first thing that came to mind when I pulled up ESPN.com as I saw a photo of Kyler Murray, mm. the Arizona quarterback, and I thought, you know what? He's a lot like Scotty Scheffler. Whoa. <laughs> Hopefully people don't log off on this podcast too soon. But basically, (laughs) my take is that both of these guys seem really good. They both light it up, and they both might be great. Scotty Scheffler, 
one of the best birdie average, like birdie rates in the world. Kyler, Kyler Murray, probably one of the most electric players when it comes to that position. But also, why hasn't Scotty won yet? Has Kyler Murray filled out every expectation in terms of victories? Both these guys are wickedly talented, and you could totally see them in the future winning a Super Bowl, winning a major. They haven't won a ton to this point, but they both fill it up. But also, they both kind of are like, wait, are they going to be at the top of the game forever? Um, there are some questions and some answers with both of these guys. I like that, especially because it really gets us into the tricky the tricky world of comparing like the skills of golf and how they <laughs> cross over the skills of football. Like, imagining Scotty Scheffler doing any sort of the uh, Kyler Murray super speed you know, cutbacks that we were seeing yesterday on the field. I mean, he, he's, is he the fastest quarterback? He's, he's right up there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he like zips around. So yeah, it's not, it's not, we're not saying that they could do the same things in any way, but (laughs) the equivalence in the respective sports, I like that. I think that's, uh, that's some good outside. Scotty also, he's a bit of a scrambler. Like he doesn't necessarily hit it straight, but he's got some scramble to his game. Well, and he's a little so. unconventional, you know. He's got the foot slip out. He, you know, he doesn't exactly look completely put together at all times. I mean, Kyler actually looks put together and looks great all the time, but his style of play, he's scrambling around a bunch. So I think there's something there. All right, I like right, this one a lot. Let's hear another one. It, the golfer may not love it, but Ben Roethlisberger and <laughs> yes, Brooks Kepka. Oh no! <laughs> I, I hope I'm not doing Brooks dirty here, but you might be. <laughs> in each case, you're looking at a guy that had a pretty strong run, some early championships. You know, really in the in the news a lot, big fellas, and um, then sort of you know plagued by injuries, but has this ability to just hang around, stay in the mix, stay relevant every year. And we just, you know, you can't, you certainly can't count either of them out as they go through their career. But you also wonder, okay, was that a moment in time where they found lightning in a bottle? Okay, so I, I have a Ben Roethlisberger comp too, and I just think it's a little stronger than yours. I think you are doing Brooks Kepka dirty. I think Brooks Kepka won a major like not much longer than two years ago, like 26 months ago, Brooks mm-hmm. Kepka won a major. So <laughs> your patience level here is not the level I think it needs to be. Um, my Ben Roethlisberger comp is Louis Oosthuizen. Why? For some of the same reasons you mentioned. Ben Roethlisberger and Louis Oosthuizen both won major championships in their sports early in their career, and they still are chugging along. They won't go away. They won't die. Ben Roethlisberger is old. This might be his last season of his career. Louis Oosthuizen is old. He might have just had the last peak of his career. Neither of these guys are really ever going to win MVP. They're probably never going to win Player of the Year. But they are so solid that it's maddening to compete against them. Could the Steelers win a Super Bowl this year? Yeah. Could Louis go out and win the Masters in April? That's not ridiculous at all. I think they're both still existing in ways that are surprising. They both won earlier in their career. They're both so solid and yet somewhat underwhelming about in how they do what they do that, uh, yeah, that, that seems like a better comp than Brooks Kepka, who has won four majors, Dylan. Four majors. He sure has. But yeah, four majors. I mean, look, that's kind of the equivalent of a couple Super Bowls, right? 
you get four majors per year. You only get one Super Bowl. There's I don't know what the exact <laughs> translation is there, but um, you know what's funny wow. about Louis is the conversation around him is um, so single-minded now around him finishing second that I literally forget when I'm thinking about him that he has won a major championship. I forget that he has done that. He won the, the Open at St. Andrews in 2010. And then he damn near won it again in 2015. And you know what? There's an Open at St. Andrews next summer. And uh, oddly enough, he'll probably be in contention for that. Um, my, gosh, I've got three more comps that I haven't shared. I'm trying to think of which one I'm most confident in. And I think it, unfortunately, is this one. The quarterback comp for Rory McIlroy. Mm is unfortunately Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you agree with that? I've got that jotted down, although I also have an alternate Rory, which I'm going to present to you. Okay. So neither player has won in a very long time. And when I say win, I mean Super Bowl for Rodgers, major championship for Rory. Rory's on a seven-year hiatus. Rodgers a, a full decade, actually. Yeah. Um, every single year... They are among the favorites for player of the year and MVP. Sometimes these guys play so well that you, you simply cannot ignore them. Mm-hmm. Even when it's somewhat expected, it's expected that Aaron Rodgers, despite what the hell he did yesterday, should be one of the four best quarterbacks in the league this year. And I think, barring this past season, Rory McIlroy should be expected to be one of the five best golfers in 2021, uh, going into 2022. Um, they are... They're both so wickedly talented that it makes other people in their profession jealous. Yeah. People are jealous of Rory's ability to hit the golf ball. Um, people are, are jealous of Roger's ability to throw at least, you know, at the peak of his career on the run, but also just air it out from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a but here with both of these guys. There's clearly been something missing. Now, is it the fact that Rodgers has not had, you know, first round wide receiver talent, whatever, all that crap. Um, is it the fact that Rory, his wedge game has, has betrayed him or that he's had his best buddy be his caddy. You know, there's something that no one in the, in the sports world can put their finger on with both of these guys. Um, are they both kind of apathetic at times, both good quotes, but also kind of like, Oh, well, it is what it is. Yeah, they both like that. So I think that this is a strong comp and I don't love it mainly because I I don't have a ton of confidence in Rory and Rodgers is my quarterback. That's exactly why it's good comp. That's exactly why I've got it too. And I think it's for the very simple reason that both guys are so talented that you want to believe in them. But right now they're each at a phase in their career where, where the second you count them out, you feel like an idiot. But the second yeah. you really go all in, you also feel like an idiot. You know, Rogers mm. puts up, you know, a game where he's just off. He's just not connecting. There's something not gelling. He's, you know, he's on a different page with his receivers, his front office, you know, at really everybody in his greater orbit. Um, and then Rory, Rory has relationships or Rogers has relationships with people in his orbit, the way Rory has relationships with his wedges. And so Rory (laughs) seems like, you know, probably a good friend, you know, doting son. 
but when it comes to you know his game inside about 145 yards you're not always going to get the same thing so i think that that's a strong comp the only other one i was wondering about for rory was russell wilson Mm. because i think russ is you know similarly has this insane talent the way rogers does um one a while ago we sort of keep hearing from him he keeps being in the mix but we haven't quite gotten to that next level and russell wilson is also a little bit entered this celebrity world in the way that rory has you know through his marriage Mm. you know you see him on some red carpets stuff like that but i think ultimately rogers is is the better pick there Uh, my comp for russell wilson is justin thomas oh now go on I'm not I'm not super confident in this one but both of these players win at their respective levels despite some flaws and now this is where there can be levels to when we use the word wins in this podcast mm-hmm. is like Russell Wilson pulls his team into the playoffs uh, pretty much every year Justin Thomas wins on the PGA tour he he won at the players last year you know, I don't, that's not even that long ago. That's only a handful of months ago. Um, both of these players make shots and they make plays that has everyone in the sport talking about them. Um, I think both players are extremely capable of winning the MVP or player of the year every year at this point in their lives. Uh, you know, it looked like Justin Thomas would win player of the year when he won the players. And I think last season it looked like, like, uh, Russ Wilson was the early MVP candidate. Um, both players, I think, I don't know if this is if this is outlandish, but I think both players um, could could win could enter the Hall of Fame in their respective sports. Mm. I think Thomas, I think Thomas definitely will. I, you know, I don't really know the the qualifications for the NFL Hall of Fame quite as well, um, but I would be I would be shocked if we're not talking about Russ in that vein in a couple of years. So. I think it kind of checks out because there are some flaws with both these guys too. Justin Thomas can't putt, cannot putt right now. <laughs> Just can't do it. He's one of the worst. He's one of the worst great players at putting in the world right now. And I think something similarly, maybe it's his offensive line, uh, or I don't know what, but something has also stopped Russell Wilson. Um, and again, that's where it gets tricky when you're comparing team sports to individual play. Um, but something's stopping the Seahawks. So I like that comp personally. Josh Allen, Sean. <laughs> oh God. I wanted to get a comp for Josh Allen. I couldn't do it. I think he's Tony Finau. Ooh, I think Josh Allen right now is Tony Finau right now. Obviously Finau's older. Um, he's been through a lot more. But in both cases, we are seeing a lot of potential and we are projecting forward a lot of success. And, you know, with Finau, it's this effortless power. He's got this, you know, he kind of everyone likes him in his orbit. He, he oozes this likability. He's got this strong personality. Uh, he can seemingly do anything he wants with a golf ball. And there are all these expectations that people have piled on him that he clearly expects for himself. Now it's still kind of time for him to go do it. He just got that win. You just got that PGA Tour win. He has not yet gotten that major championship. He has not yet piled up those wins. 
Josh Allen has exceeded expectations early on in his NFL career, but you know people are talking about the Bills in a way that I don't think we would normally be talking about a team being helmed by a quarterback that really just has like you know a, a good year under his belt. So with both of them, it's like, all right, I get the expectations, I get the talent level, but are we getting ahead of ourselves here? You know, this is Buffalo after all. Yeah, I think that's a very good comp. Um, you know, Tony Finos from Utah. Josh Allen went to Wyoming. Guys mm-hmm. spent some time in the Rocky Mountains. A couple Wild Westers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's that's a comfy one. Like, both players could totally ascend to a level that's higher than they are right now. But you also wouldn't be shocked if they both kind of plateaued where they currently are. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think at least. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, how many more, how many more comps do you have left? I've got a couple. I got a couple more and then I got a couple just sort of half baked thoughts that I want to present our listeners with, but yeah, me too. All right. Well, I'll lead off with the last comp that I've really thought about. <laughs> and, uh, it's for Kirk cousins. Oh, now Kirk cousins. The, I actually watched the entire game that Kirk cousins played yesterday. Um, which, shout out to you. Yeah. Which is not, not necessarily by choice, but also a little bit of boredom. And I was just waiting for the Packers game to start. Um, but Kirk cousins a couple years ago when we did this, I kind of listed him as the Ricky Fowler comp. Um, and I felt comfortable with that at the time. And now I'm changing it. Kirk Cousins' best PGA Tour comp is Webb Simpson. Mm-hmm. It now, is. This is correct. <laughs> watching Kirk Cousins play yesterday, it was so apparent that he doesn't make any plays for you. You can put this great team around him, and he will succeed within that. But he is not necessarily winning you a football game, and he's probably not going to necessarily lose a football game for your team. Um He's not really the cause. He's good, but he's not great. And at his best, he's probably going to win you the division, um, be a leader on the team. Um, And Webb Simpson kind of feels the same way. Like, does Webb Simpson, at his best, he's probably going to win. He's going to win PGA tournaments, and he won a major early in his career. Um, I would describe him as on the level of top players. He is really good but not a top five player in the world kind of great. And uh, I don't think he does anything that wows me. <laughs> um, you talk about Webb Simpson's peak. He was really just a phenomenal, phenomenal ball striker and putter. Not great off the tee. Pretty average approach, like uh, short game. But nothing about his game has you looking at Webb Simpson highlights or nothing about his swing is like, wow, his swing is so gorgeous. Um, he kind of just gets it done in a, an above average, but not elite way. And so I might be, I might be disparaging Webb a little bit with this take, but you seem to sound like you agree with it. Well, yeah, I mean, just the whole vibe of, you know, I remember we were comparing, uh, Webb Simpson to, to Phil Rivers, uh, when we did this a couple of years ago, there's, <laughs> oh, you know, there's a, tough. there's a certain religious aspect. There's a certain, you know, you have a whole whole bundle of kids aspect um you know and i think the kirk cousins seems like a family man i don't i don't know him personally um but it just you know immediately kind of checks out just on 
on more of a vibe <laughs> perspective rather than anything on field. My favorite one here, Sean, Tom Brady, my favorite quarterback. <sighs> he is yep. a combination. Let's hear it. Oh, God. Of Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that. Because he has all the greatness of Tiger Woods. He, he is the greatest, you know, player to ever touch a football in the history of the world. <laughs> Incredible accomplishments, <laughs> laser rocket arm. Um, but Tiger has gone through this phase of his career now where he has been in and out. You know, he's been he's been counted out. He has come back, but, you know, he's battled injuries, et cetera, et cetera. You know the drill. Tom Brady is ageless. Tom Brady is people are only counting him out because it seems like they should be. It seems like the logical thing to do. And he keeps coming back and he and Phil Mickelson are, and this is where, you know, I I still have some self-awareness. They are both into some questionable pseudoscience. You have my attention. (laughs) That nonetheless, nonetheless has seemingly contributed to them having extremely long and knock on wood, healthy careers. So you kind of have the, the, the greatness of Tiger Woods, the weirdness, but also like sort of strange charisma of Phil Mickelson. And I think that you package that together into Tom Brady. Oh, I wish that was less accurate. That's uh, a good one. Really That's is. airtight. It, it really is. Um, you really bored me when you were talking about Tom Brady's greatness and then got my attention when you brought up the mm. pseudoscience and the wackiness and you know what i'll add another part kind of skirting the rulesness wow. of him and phil mickelson how dare you tell me that part is completely airtight uh are you accusing phil mickelson of skirting the rules hmm. uh, let me let me let me just i'll remind you of what phil mickelson did at shinnecock and then i'll remind you of what tom brady had defining his career for multiple year stretches and i'll just leave it at that i don't really remember what you're referring to so <laughs> not really sure about that all one. right you've had your you've had your time to talk about tom brady that's enough for this podcast of that um i only have really random one off throw a dart at the wall a little mm-hmm. blindly comps yeah you can go do speed you, round here if you want speed round all right i'll go one and you go one ryan Tannehill's patrick cantley Oh my God. Yeah. See, I was trying to find the right one for Patrick Cantley. I was wondering if it was Josh Allen because, you know, yeah, but I I like Tannehill in the sense that, okay, Patrick Cantley, yes, he's done some, some, he's put up some eye popping things. He just won $15 million. He's won some big tournaments. We're expecting kind of the next step, but we haven't seen it just yet. Um, I think I would put Patrick Cantley like higher on the respective ladder than Tannehill um you know I don't know if he's to a like a Lamar Jackson phase but I don't know he seems like a little bit more like you know what you're gonna get with Lamar you don't quite as much so I'm I'm intrigued by that um Joe Burrow I'm wondering if we have a Victor Hovland situation there (laughs) carry on (laughs) I don't know this is uh I mean Look, they they both they're both studs, but they both have this like a little bit of kind of goofiness to them. 
Uh, and I think they'll both be in our lives for a while. That's that's the main comp. They're both really good. All right, Matt Ryan and Adam Scott. I was trying to find a Matt Ryan. That's pretty good. It, Matt Ryan could either be Adam Scott, Justin Rose, or Sergio Garcia. People that have this elongated career that have ha- that have had their peaks. Um, they've certainly had their valleys. They aren't going away anytime soon. There are people that are highly invested in Matt Ryan, and there are people that are very much invested in their fanhood of Sergio, Adam Scott, or Justin Rose, guys that are all kind of the same age. They're probably not too all different in age I, than I Matt Ryan. I kind of think he's Rose. I think, I think he's more Justin Rose. I think that, you know, it's a guy where it's hard to figure out, is this guy is this guy underrated, or is he actually just kind of overrated? He's been around for a while you always expected mm-hmm. a little bit more. You never quite got it. Um, really gives off a, a, a reliable, average Joe, good guy to have <laughs> as your neighbor type of guy. I think Justin okay. Rose is, is Matt Justin Ryan. Rose. All right. Uh, what's your next one? Uh, well, this is more just a question that I'm hoping you could help me think through is who is Bryson? Like who is the Bryson Baker. equivalent? Baker? Baker Mayfield interesting he's key he's come onto the scene you know i think maybe his his voice leads the perception of him from time to time he is clearly quite talented um and the discussion around him is very polarizing he is eminently marketable i mean those progressive ads that baker does i think are probably the best ads going in nfl right now bryson is a very marketable dude Mm -hmm. um that's what I feel most comfortable with when you look at the the list of quarterbacks. Now, Baker is probably moving in a straighter line than Bryson right now. <laughs> like it feels like he he's kind of figured out how to exist in the professional sports world. And Bryson is really it doesn't feel like he's moving in a straight direction. He could go in any kind of direction. Go to the long drive. He could you know, deal with this stuff with Brooks. He can win the U.S. Open. A um, little bit more volatile when it comes to his headlines than Baker's. But I do kind of feel comfortable with it because Bryson will let you down at times but also amaze you at others. And I think that is uh, Baker Mayfield to a T. Interesting. Yeah, I think that the the only tricky thing there is like Bryson has experienced so much more success than Baker at the professional level. It's like not really a fair comp to Bryson. Yes. I was thinking about maybe yes. like Cam Newton about like six, seven years ago when he was in that okay. MVP mm. type shape. Um, I like that. You know, still had, still was was largely likable, but also had a little bit of a confusing relationship with some fans. Um, and, you know, extremely talented, but somewhat limited in a couple aspects of the game. So it was like here on the one hand, mm. this guy's MVP. We're going to see him for forever. On the other hand, wait a minute. What are we getting from him tonight? Yes. That might that's probably a better comp. Right now, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. You know, there's only so many quarterbacks to choose there's from. There's only so many quarterbacks. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of golfers. You have anything more for me, Sean? Uh, no. I tried really hard to come up with one for Dak Prescott. I couldn't really come up with one for Dak. Tried coming up with one for like Lamar Jackson. Don't really know if we have a good one for Lamar Jackson. Um, you know who Dak is? Maybe we realized. I think oh Dak God. is Patrick Cantlay. Mm, that's really, that's right. Interrupted by injury. No. Uh, uh, wait. Uh, uh. Hmm? 
I would feel more comfortable with Dak as as uh, Xander Shoffley, oh. but don't need to really parse out the differences there. Yeah, yeah. I'm I bored with Patrick Cantley. Patrick Cantley. Patrick Cantley got two more victories this summer than he totally deserved. And you know what? He went out and got them. But John Rahm really should have two more wins, and he should have even more world ranking points. Um, and for that, I think Patrick Cantley would not be a top five player in the world right now. Mm. I think Xander is better than Patrick Cantley. I think the future will hold that to be true. And I think uh, maybe that's a little bit more comfortable for Dak, who absolutely slings it. (laughs) Have we gone too far? Fair enough. I think that, yeah, I think we're probably starting to lose people. But I am curious what other people think. You know, who's Trevor Lawrence? Um, How does he cross over to, you know. Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris, yeah. Um, One thing we know is there's no comp for Spieth. There's no comp for speed. There's no comp for speed. No, I tried to tried to think of that. Ultimately, just gave up because yeah. If you asked no, us a year ago, we'd have plenty of comps for speed, but the guy's too good now. If Carson Wentz comes back and wins the MVP this year, then we can start talking. Then we can start talking. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I like Drew Brees a little while ago. I don't know, but right now, it's hard to say. All right, well, let us know how right and wrong we How'd are. We Probably do? more wrong than right. Probably more wrong than right, but uh, that's what happens when there are like 15 quarterbacks to choose from and an endless number of pro golfers to choose from. One final thing I'd like to say, Sean. People out in the, out in the streets, out in the world right now, are losing their minds. I'm on a little work trip right now, so I was just reminded of this when I was waiting in the rental car line last night waiting first in the baggage line then in the rental car line i'm in san diego it was definitely slow um but damn if you're if you're heading out there for a a a trip right now you got to bring your patience with you because people are acting like a bunch of maniacs there's labor shortages the whole the whole grid is messed up people are gonna have to wait for things and you know, I think I think back in the day, a few years ago, maybe there was a little competitive advantage to be had from, you know, acting like a jerk basically and and showing how mad you were to get better service or something. Now I think people have just people that are in the service industry have just heard it so much, they're just going to tune you out. They're going to basically be like, "Look, man, the system doesn't work right now, so your your outrage is not going to get you anywhere." Just wanted to throw that out there this, to the drop. Yeah, listeners. this is a golf podcast. <laughs> this is a golf podcast, but we appreciate little deviations from it. Um, thank you, Dylan, for that <laughs> little monologue. Um, all right, shout out of the week goes to Thomas Tracker. That's a that's a, a Twitter account, Tommy underscore Tracker. He gave us a shout out, and so I want to give him one back. That's enough for Dylan and I. He's gonna go play some golf. I'm gonna edit this podcast, and uh, we'll see you in a week. 